Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel. So we're here in uh, beautiful Las Vegas. Uh, the sun is setting over the mountains, and we're at the DevOps Enterprise Summit. I think I finally got the name right. You, Excellent. You got it. Good stuff. And uh, we're talking to all kinds of interesting people in the DevOps world. Uh, this conference is sponsored by IT Revolution Press, so they bring together lots of authors and good friends of Jim, Gene Kim, and uh, I think our, our uh, guest today is, is both of those. Yes. Uh, so we're with uh, John Willis, and, and John just... Uh, people here at the at the uh, summit already know, but, uh, but our audience won't have heard this yet. You made an announcement today. Can you tell yeah, us about no, that? Yeah, no, crazy stuff, right? Um, so the twilight of my career, I get a call from a really dear friend of mine, Andrew Schaefer, who is sort of iconic in this um, in this DevOps game we have. And I have, like, I've always had crazy respect for him. And he asked me if I wanted to try something really crazy. And uh so he put together a sort of a package where myself, him, Kevin Baer, co-author of the Phoenix Project, and Jay Bloom, who's one of the smartest guys I've ever met, and uh, today Red Hat had announced that we are creating a sort of a pro new program office. It's like a global. Tr I'll get this wrong, and, but I'll get a lot of things wrong. <laughs> while we'll I work link for to it in the show notes. Yeah, Don't yeah, worry, the details it's the, are there. It's the global uh, transformation office or something. But we're a new program office, literally sponsored at the highest level in Red Hat, and. Uh, and, you know, if anybody knows Andrew, you know, I, I myself have sort of a reputation for disruption, but Andrew is probably the king of chaos <laughs> and disruption. And I think he's one of the most interesting people in our industry. So I, I you know, we'll see what we're going to do. But I think our like initially going into this, it should be uh, we're going to try to kick up a whole bunch of dust and with a big megaphone, which is Red Hat and slash IBM. Which is great. So you have this, you're going to have this new platform. What are you personally excited about right now? What, what is, what's on your, your list of exciting areas? So, you know, so the last couple of years, I left Docker about two years ago, you know, so I, I sold the company to Docker about five, six, eight, you start losing count of years, right? Yeah. But, but, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but so, and I left and I thought, you know, I'm really going to go out and do sort of these transformations. And for some reason I wound up really sort of working with banks. Mm -hmm. So I just, I've done like about four or five of top 10 banks over the last two years where I've gone in and I call it organizational forensic and where I just go in low tech and have conversations. But the thing is, um, and I'm doing a presentation on tomorrow called seven deadly diseases of DevOps, right? But mm -hmm. a Demi thing, but, yeah, but, um, but one is um, that practice has been very interesting, but what is more interesting is how much I've learned about the banking industry in two years. I mean, mm -hmm. So when you go in and you get 200 people at a second largest bank, over a four week period to tell you how everything works from budgeting to how they make decisions. And then you sort of do this sort of gamification of how you ask questions, you learn this from this team. So, and I, I really, I mean, even these, my sort of banking friends say, yes, you know, long story short, um, I, I really have been thinking a lot about DevSecOps, but more importantly, um, sort of changing the way we do sort of evidence for audits. Mm -hmm. And so I, I, you know, if all things work out in my new sort of role, I'd really like to focus on banks and this sort of project that I, I was a co-author of that we did through GNIT Revolution called Automated Governance. Okay. And it's uh, it's about sort of changing the way people do. Um, so let's say they're attestations. So an audit is about looking at attestations at the end yeah. of the day. The common model for most every enterprise is sort of a change record. Yep. And a change record is basically what I call a, a list of subjective attestations. Okay. You know, Bob is going to make this change and describes what it is, and here's the backup plan. Bob then has to describe what are the things that it's going to impact. 
Mm-hmm. Sue then reviews that and says, hey, I want a little bit more Bob about this. Right. And so Bob puts a little bit more in this record. And then somebody goes over and... and Got a lot of free text here. Jim, well, it's, it's a telephone game. It's a, you know, <laughs> It really is, right? It's a human-to-human description of an incredibly complex system. Right yeah. right there, if you know complex systems, that's broken by design. Yeah. Right. And so you have this traversing of a bunch of humans having conversations. And then orders come in once a year for 30 days. And they're like, let me see this change record. Well, Sue told Bob that Jim did this and did this. And you have this... Like you're the second largest bank that runs like 2.6 trillion in, in assets. Yeah. Like yeah, like it can't work that way. So, so what I've been calling this is sort of changing subjective attestation into objective attestation. Mm-hmm. So the idea is instead of relying on this sort of human human discussion, you put um, sort of control points as attestations in delivery of the software. And would you automatically verify those? Would you say so, Bob made the change, and here is a so you would a proof, so that so that, you know, proof of work that you, he's done. I, I dare to say, and I know there's a blockchain conference here, so you, like you don't want to call it blockchain, mm-hmm. but but it's kind of is, yeah. Like, but don't call it it, yeah. But it is the idea would like if you know if you did a commit, you take the shy, you put it in the chain. Mm-hmm. If you do the um, if you do the build, you take the sort of Jenkins build log, you tar it up, you shy, you put it in the chain, mm-hmm. and so if you and some of them could be unimer interactions, like you had to do a pairing on a pull request. Like that could be that. So you think about all the things. Did, did was it scanned? Mm-hmm. Was did it have unit tests? Did it have a completion person? All those things. Imagine that in a, in a list of shahs mm-hmm. with a final shah. Mm-hmm. And so when now the auditors. So here's the thing. What do, what do you solve with that? One is you change uh, thirty day audits to half a day. Just here's the thing. Like today they come in and say, oh, let me read this thing. And then what do they do? They ask for screenshots. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, yeah. like I don't believe that. It's Show not me. believable. Yeah, so, yeah. Like, so as opposed to that, you, you'll come in and say, here's the shot. Mm-hmm. And this ain't broken. It's immutable. It's immutable math. Right. And if it's broken, there are a lot of bigger other problems that we got to worry about. Right? <laughs> yeah. That means RSA encryption is broken. And like, like we don't have to worry about this change. And that's um, really going to have to change how auditors work. Auditors are going to be Right. So, so yeah. And I do have some some context on that as well. But so, so they're going to imagine the auditor then comes in and says, what's this? Oh, it's this shot. Uh, what does it look like? And like the second or third time, like, oh, I get it. All right. Yeah. I don't like, yes, it's math. Right. Um, then the question is, do will auditors and, and the truth is like internal auditors love this policy people love this, right? Like it's, it's efficiency. It's it's so what are you doing? You're sort of giving them a malleable solution to change the cab. You're, you're upping the efficacy of your audit from maybe 30 to 90 percent. And you're possibly changing audits from 30 days to to like, you know, a half a day. Mm-hmm. Like so who doesn't want that? Well, maybe the external orders. But the truth of the matter is in talking to some people who work with external orders and stuff. They like it too. Mm-hmm. They they don't their their mandates are not. They got to look for different revenue streams. Putting like junior people to run audits for thirty days is not their jam. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> they don't like that's not the business they want to be in. So yeah. the truth is, there's been some early evidence that even the external, the big fives, are like, I love this. Now there's still a lot of road to pave, but um. So yeah. So that's this sort of where I think um. You know, I think that that so the banks. I've got a lot of banks that are interested in this. Some are already working on prototypes. We wrote an ebook mm-hmm. that had Nike, PNC, Marriott, um, and Capital One. And okay. actually, Mike Nygaard is a throw-in. Yeah. <laughs> the guy who wrote the circuit breaker patterns. Like that was our team. We wrote ebooks out on IT Rev. It's called Automated Governance. Uh, so it's really just sort of driving that. Um, 
keep I, keep that train rolling. Let, let me just ask one thing, just on behalf sure. of our listeners. Some of them may not have heard you very well, and I don't know these all these things. SHA is a hash. That's a hash protocol. Right. Hash the thing algorithm. Is, I'm going to say it as blockchain, and then like, please, you know, just don't get disgusted and turn the tape off. That's okay. <laughs> but, but it really is. Yeah, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. And CAB, what does that stand for? Oh, I'm sorry, the Change Authority Board, right? Or a Change Advisory Board. Yeah. It's it's that every Wednesday meeting that every bundles up all their uh, and and there's been a lot of advances in sort of auto approves and all. But even the auto proofs are still – so in the early days, like everybody had to bundle up changes and I think God on the eighth day said it must be Wednesday for all cabs. <laughs> and then some team reviews those. And in truth, most companies, if you come to IT Rev, you know, this conference, most companies have sort of automated a lot of that, auto approving and all that stuff. But that's fine and that's brilliant. But at the end of the day, it's still a subjective rest record of attestation. We haven't helped out the auditors. Right. We, what we've done is we've allowed us to do delivery fast. We can get human intervention out of sort of the uh, manual approval process. Mm-hmm. So that's an industry we've done phenomenal well there. Yeah. But but so my sort of not beef, but like the next generation fix is let's now like really – and here's another part, right? The bottom line right now is – and this is another part I have like a real problem with is you know what we call cloud native – and what you know, I would say, like in, in a large, large bank or large institution, the sixth floor are the cloud native folk, the seventh floor are the ITO folk, yeah. and the eighth floor are the DevOps folk. And they like they have different different elevators. They don't talk to each <laughs> other. They don't like they use different. They use the same words for things. And you know, being a little sort of facetious about the DevOps and cloud native, but the truth of the matter is, this is how it exists, and we're like we are so off the spectrum in cloud native and governance risk compliance. Those two in a modern enterprise are just so far away from each other mm-hmm. with no even, you know, no even cavalry or lifeline yeah. to bring them back together. So, so part of this is to me a little of a first step of how do you start shrinking or um, collapsing that sort of gulf between the activity of cloud natives, right? Like microservices, like an, an old 1990s policy TRCs that are basically based on, you know, racks and stacks, right? right. They, I mean, this is the state of the union today. Right. And so I'm not saying I'm going to solve the whole thing. I'm just saying that automated governance is sort of, an, I think, a malleable way to sort of at least, you know, stick, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, stick a stake in the ground to say, like, let's try to do this a little bit more. That makes more sense. I think it's so interesting because I, I think uh, if we, with this topic of automated governance, if, if at this dawn of DevOps, you know, we had told people, we'd see shown, you know, here's, here's a glimpse of the future. You're going to be talking about automated governance. That, that no. would have blown people's minds. Yeah. Like, what, what would your, what do you think your first DevOps topic would have been your first DevOps cafe or sort of the first thing you would have said, like, yeah, this is important uh, well, next step in, in DevOps. Well, it's just ironic. It wasn't security, right? Like, yeah. you know, a few years ago, I sort of got on the DevSecOps bandwagon. And I'm, I'm sort of a little bit off of that train because sometimes words are useful. Sometimes they're bad. Sometimes you have no choice but to use the word. Yeah. Right? Like people argued about cloud and people argue about this. I'm like, okay. But to me now, this automated governance is like sort of beyond DevSecOps. But I got into DevSecOps because, I mean, I knew there had to be sort of a change. Yeah. And I, I there's, you know, I, I'm theatric as you when we present. So, <laughs> uh, so I do this thing. I get on the stage and I talk about the his, real short history of DevOps. You know, like DevOps in five minutes, right? Like, yeah. And But now let me talk about security. 
Right. And I take my hat and I throw it on a stage. I'm like, God, oh, dug it. We forgot to include security. You know, <laughs> we included QA. We included all these groups. And like, what were we thinking? And so, you know, you think about like the early days. So, you know, today, mm-hmm. you know, um, October 28th, right? Is that right? Uh, is the 10-year anniversary um, at DevOps Days Gantt happening right now, right? Like yeah. all the core organizers are there. And and so I was there 10 years ago, right? And and so it was, you know, I was talking to you earlier about how um, really DevOps, there was, you know, a lot of things, culture, changing behaviors. But one of the prime sort of um, the, the, the major primitives of this was sort of supply chain, CICD. And it was guys like you and, and you know, other people that were like, yeah, duh. <laughs> but with that, you know, so people were, there was a small group of people that really understood like agile and Agile delivery meant like delivering software this way yep. in a supply chain, CICD, all that stuff. I mean, you go back like even Jez Humble, yep. you know, in the early days, the ThoughtWorks folks were. You, were you at ThoughtWorks or? No, I was uh, one of the only people on cruise control who was not. Okay, so, all right, that's, that's, right, a, that's yeah, a yeah, common. Yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah. it's a common attestation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, but but I mean, like, so those people were like doing this stuff way before we sort of codified the term DevOps. Yeah. But like anything else, it didn't have a blast radius. Yeah. DevOps created a blast radius. Yeah. So so at that point it was really trying to get the the movement from unicorns and horses. Yeah. You know, the that like the unicorns were doing this crazy stuff of how they delivered with pipelines, but the general public were like had no idea. Yeah. And so in the early days it was really just getting them to convince them why this was important, why you had to do this, how you had to get out of waterfall to sort of short batch in a real, you know, the whole notion of kind of continuous delivery and small batch from trunk, all those perimeters that guys like you had right. like cord, like the rest of the world needed to understand that. Yeah. And so that was the battle. The battle was like nobody was thinking about like how do you put like automated blockchain at the stations right, yeah. in that in that time. I wish we could have maybe not blockchain, <laughs> but I, I would have been you know if you go back in time say oh wait wait before we do all that let's include security too yeah yeah but what you didn't do <laughs> but but at the end of the day right it was all about like the preaching and the evangelism of why you need to change and it was so counterintuitive like the thing i love about devops is the like i can't do it i can't do it. that's horrible that's horrible yeah. oh i get it we're gonna do that yeah right <laughs> you know it, it's even even like sort of the kanban thing you like whip limits right like the first time that was explained to me i'm like you out of your mind yeah i'm gonna i'm only gonna have a limit and i'm already my people are already working like 50 60 hours yeah, yeah. i got more to get done and you tell me I can't yeah, yeah that's right, that's right. That's but then you sense. sort of read jim jim benson's book which i think is the single best book for understanding canboy uh-huh. and and he does you know he gives you some really simple examples of how 100 percent is like useless yeah and like oh and so a lot of devops was sort of just counterintuitive being the aha yeah. And the ha-ha was give people enough evidence of why you needed, you know, quicker feedback, mm-hmm. deliver faster in smaller pieces because that's way better than the stupid waterfall <laughs> of just dumping things out every six months, right? Yeah. So so that was the thing. It was really sort of evangelizing the the reason, the rationale of sort of short batch, fast delivery, inner with resilience. Yeah. And, uh, and I just think at that time that was sort of the – the oxygen was all of that, and I think it was, you know, in retrospect, if we could have stepped back, we would have had the, the security conversation back in 2010 or 11, and it would have been natural to sort of, yes, of course, we need to do this with security. So, 
Yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. You can yeah. say the things we could have picked up earlier. Yeah, no, no. See, so you can't like you can sit back and joke but, and throw your hat on the stage and say, oh, I didn't. But, but at the end of the day, you're right. It's. But you, you know, think about the people there who are talking about like manually building machines, manually like that's what's the problem of the day is uh, you know well we every time we we rack a new machine, how much time do we spend configuring it? And now you're talking you know talking to system in you know in, in the data center, to now you're talking about you know the big four consultancy. And just the span of people who've now been sort of brought within the fold of, yeah, you know what, software matters. You know, yeah. this, to me, this is this is the this is the it's a very strong proof of that that Andreessen quote that software is eating the world, and uh, uh, which I always say when, when people talk about what's this digital transformation, like it's like yeah, it's like we're going to use computers now. We realize that computers everywhere, it's not optional anymore. Yeah, you know, it, it's about terminology too, right? Like people get like all upset about using the word digital transformation. Like get over it. <laughs> the board people are using it. It's yes. like when the board people start using it, I don't care what you think. Um, yeah. But you, you hit on a point, right? Like, you know, one of the other big movers or primitives in the sort of DevOps things were things like Chef and Puppet. Mm -hmm. This idea that like, I mean, I, you know, I was the ninth person at Chef and mm -hmm. today we think it's just natural. I remember going to some of these Lisa conferences in the Northeast, like up in Boston. Yeah. And I'm using literary license, but not too far from it where pitchforks and chasing me with fire <laughs> like you're telling me you're going to use this system to build my system get out get them guys yeah. running down like you know harvard square with guys you know ready to kill me i mean it was it was not too far off right yeah. you know so that was another like major evangelistic change and change the minds that um that like the idea of sort of manually building infrastructure was fools a fool's errand yeah and you know, but and, and take it one step further. The, the one of the classic DevOps tragedy stories is uh, the Night Capital, right? You all heard the Night Capital, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. This is a you know, for whatever reason, they were building a cluster of eight servers. Uh, it 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 must have been that they were doing it manually because they missed the missed the eight server. They only yeah. did seven. The eighth had old code on it. They turned on a flag. The old code got lit up. Yeah. It started making like it lost four hundred twenty five million of. Uh, of real live trades on something that was six years old, yep. 24 hours out of business. Software matters. Yeah, so, <laughs> and, you know, and, and, and software in every manifest, in other words, your software is your configuration. It's your XML. Yeah, it's, your, right. it's everything that creates the factory. Yeah. It's not just the Java code, right? That, that's, that, right. that's probably the, one of the bigger messages manifested over the years is yep. that the factory is like all these pieces. The configuration and you put them all it. into source code. Yeah, exactly. and, and today it's like configuration of containers. Yeah. Like how are you configuring containers? Like you, what flags are you using? Do you have these sort of those manifests for containers being delivered and checked in the pipeline? Yeah. You turn to, you leave the default flag on a Docker commit. Command and you you know you you know you basically have the same rights. You do a Docker run without saying user equals. You have the same rights as the host. Right. All you have to do is add a user space that was added like three years after Docker was invented. Yeah. Just a namespace for user. Yeah. Where it doesn't assume the host space, right? Yeah. So there are some catastrophes like and they just Kubernetes and YAML file like I mean, it never stops, right? Yeah, that's right. So the software is this big ball of a bunch of stuff and it's all got to be treated like software. Wow, John Willis had so much to say that we're going to bring him back next time. This is Squirrel coming in from the future and commenting that, of course, we like it when you get in touch with us at troubleshootingagile.com. 
tell us what you thought of John, tell us what you'd like to ask him another time, or who else you'd like us to interview or talk to on Troubleshooting Agile. And of course, we also like it when folks who listen to us subscribe, because then you get to hear us every week and we get to keep in touch with you. In particular, also, uh, we like to keep telling you about Agile Conversations, the book we were promoting in Las Vegas, and that will be coming out from me and Jeffrey in May 2020. All right. Thanks to Jeffrey and John, and we'll be back next week with part two of our interview with John Willis. <laughs>